Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby. And I have been talking this month in June about fun things to do for the summer. I focused pretty much locally this time in northeastern Pennsylvania. I was talking about some of my memories from being born and raised in Scranton and, you know, going to picnics, going to the drive-in. And last week I had on Marianne uh, Savakinis from, or Savakinis, my apologies, Marianne, uh, from the Lackawanna Historical Society. And we talked about the incredible things you can do here in the summer to appreciate the architecture, to help support uh, the Historical Society. And so it's great that, you know, it's summertime and we tend to be more active or we try to be because, you know, we want to pack all of our fun into a few months and get outside. And I personally love going kayaking. I love hiking. Um, I haven't been doing as much of that lately, but the kayaking is so much fun. And just, you know, seeing a concert outdoors, appreciating uh, art festivals outside, anything we can do outdoors is always fun. Uh, So this uh, week's episode is going to focus a little bit about important stuff that, you know, we could take a little lighthearted approach about, but it's going to be important to listen to about safety and how we can stay safe this summer. And I have with me an expert in safety. Um, Before I introduce her, I'd like to say, I always like to say how I got connected with my guest. And I think connections are so important because they can lead to great things in our lives. You never know. I mean, I've told my story of meeting people in France that I became friends with and who came here to Scranton. So you never know, even meeting a stranger, bumping into them and just talking to them and being open can lead to amazing things. So I was actually at an NEPA networkers. If you're not familiar, check them out on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, They hold uh, evening mixers every quarter, but they also do these nice every other week. They try to do Luzerne County, one week, Lackawanna County, another week, uh, these coffee mixers. So you can get together somewhere at a coffee place. You don't have to drink coffee, by the way. I do, but you don't have to. You could have water. You could have tea. You could have a smoothie. You could have whatever the heck you want. You could have a cup of air, I suppose, if you want. And you just show up and talk to people. So I met my guest here today uh, at the recent one. What are the recent ones? About a month ago at the Commonwealth Coffee House. If you haven't been there, check it out. Downtown Scranton, uh, right there on the corner of, I think it is Penn Avenue and Lackawanna. So we got to talking. We both do a podcast and uh, she will talk a little bit about her podcast today too. And we said, let's talk because I do laughter yoga, which is um, you know tied to health and wellness. And my guest does things that are tied to health and safety. So we thought, let's talk. So I would like to introduce and welcome my guest today, Tammy Misevich Healy from, I want to say her business name right, My EHS Alliance. That is her company. So welcome, Tammy. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad we're doing this. Yes. And I I love that you're a woman of action. Um, I don't like to throw shade, but you know, you meet people all the time and people have good intentions, I'll say, right? But you're like, oh yeah, we should get together. Let's do this. And then a lot of times things don't come to fruition. And you're like, I was thinking of you and I was going to reach out to you, but you beat me to the punch. You emailed me. We got together, had coffee and here we are. So I love that. Here we are. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this talk today. Absolutely. And I was thinking before the podcast, you know, different topics we're going to cover. And uh, I kind of have a selfish one. I was thinking in a couple of weeks ago, I talked about being at the drive-in and how, you know, I go, I prefer those over indoor movies anymore because we kind of have forgotten common courtesy. So people will take phone calls and I can't ignore that. I get like too like caught up in my own rapture and rage. So I go to the drive-in, but even at the drive-in, I said, I get annoyed because, you know, somebody will put their kid up on top of the roof of the car. And I'm like, you know, they're in my view. So selfishly, I want to say, isn't that unsafe, Tammy? (laughs) You like call me, put me on speakerphone. Uh, Yeah, I have a safety professional here and she's got something to say. (laughs) Yeah. Can I put you on the next time I'm there? Like, really, you need to take your child down because Tammy says it's just really unsafe. (laughs) Uh, No. So we actually, as we'll talk today, uh, safety is all about measuring the risk. So yes. How close are they to the edge of that roof that they would fall off? Or are they centered and would they be okay? But you know, for you, I will say, hey, safer on the ground. We'll get some seeds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I'm like giving you the stink eye, like Tammy, it's never good to be on top of the car. 
Never. <laughs> never good. Never good. So I don't like, I've been saying, I've been kind of teasing, like I said, sunscreen safety, tick safety. I don't really know uh, what we want to cover first, but why don't you tell us a little bit? I'd love to hear a little bit and have you share with our listeners your background, because I know when I looked you up on, and it's a great way you could stalk people on LinkedIn, read about them. I was reading your background. I'm like, damn, like you have a PhD and like all these interesting studies that I would ha- never have even known existed. So Tell us a little bit about your background and then how that led to your business uh, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I've actually like always had an interest in human health and well-being and its relationship to the environment. Um, So originally I was like, you know, I'm going to go study water quality and air quality and make sure that it's healthy for us to be living in and kind of see how that impacts our long-term well-being and health. So I didn't know exactly what degree you go for that, what that's called. So I kind of went for biology and environmental science and figured I'd figure out, do I go medical? Do I go more science? Um, And then when I was considering graduate programs, I found out there was a thing called environmental health. And that's exactly what it is. It's how does our environment impact our health? And this doesn't just mean the outdoor environment. Um, it's the indoor environment, you know, it's the lighting we use, the air we breathe, um, you know, our body positioning as we do tasks. Um, it really considers everything, which is kind of what I love about it because there's always new things you're learning. It's very challenging. Um, there's a lot to consider, so it never gets boring. So if anyone's ever interested in, you know, pursuing a degree in this or a job in this, um, you know, I definitely be willing to talk to them about it. Um, But from there, I ended up after my graduate degree in public health with a focus environmental health. I went into jobs, did consulting, uh, worked in healthcare at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, an amazing place, Um, worked in manufacturing, decided to go back for my PhD. And I actually did not complete my PhD. I actually hated going back for my PhD. You're not the first I've heard say that. I actually met someone recently who decided he decided to take a step back and not finish. He said it was just, it was too much. And I get that. I mean, I have a master's, but I can't imagine I've seen friends go for their PhD and I just, I I'll admit, I don't have it in me or the desire or the passion to do what's required. Yeah. If I like continued right after my master's, I feel like I would have just done it. But um, to go back after working in the field for a long time, then to go back as a full-time student. um, And it was just, it was so specific. And I guess that's kind of what I didn't really consider. So I ended up, I was going for a PhD in industrial hygiene out at the University of Iowa, because it's a phenomenal program. Um, But pretty much I'd be researching something that I wasn't super interested in for four to six years, Um, that was really specific. And that wasn't what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I like, you know, the broadness. So yeah, I kind of, you know, was like, is this the right choice for me? Should I stick this out and decided to leave? Um, that it wasn't the best thing for me at that time. So yeah, I went back into the job market and decided, you know what, I'm going to pursue my dream of having my own consulting firm anyway, because that was the goal, get my PhD and open my consulting firm. But I decided to kind of you know, just go ahead and do it anyway, figure it out and continue to progress in my certifications and education along the way. And that's, you know, and that's your, I think a perfect example of you can still get what you want and do what you want without like some might say, oh yeah, you need that. You don't necessarily need, some people might've finished it because it's really what they were passionate about, what they wanted, but for you, you didn't need it to fulfill your dreams and go about. And like you mentioned certifications, there is always ongoing education that's in like smaller bites or smaller, more manageable things that, you know, that are great for people to pick up on and learn so that they can stay current in things. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times we do things because we feel like it's expected or like the world wants that. So like, especially in science, like a PhD means so much. Um, So the pressure was just there to get it. But then when I was there, I was just I was so unhappy. It wasn't a good fit. And I was like, uh, do I want to suck it up for that long? My husband and I were considering starting a family. I was like, whew, there was like no work-life balance. You're in the lab all the time, helping your professors, helping undergraduates. So it just wasn't a good fit. And I had to be true to myself at that time. But, you know, now here I am really doing something that 
I am extremely passionate about. And, um, you know, I think it all kind of worked out for a reason. So Tammy, you say you want to be happy. What's that about? No, just right. <laughs> you yeah. mean you can be happy and pursue what you really want to pursue? You could, you know, I mean, it's definitely never a hundred percent happiness all the time. No. I always like hate portraying that, like how we're on that constant pursuit of happiness. Um, but it's, yeah. Can you feel more happiness than unhappiness in your life? Can you get those good moments? Do you not absolutely hate what you're doing every day? Like, can you just have comfort and excitement in your life? Um, I think everyone deserves to find that. That's like one of my biggest like wishes for everyone is that you're kind of true to yourself and find something that you're excited about so that you have better days and worse. Yeah. And if, you know, I mean, there's enough self-help books out there and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it's true the idea of that, like you mentioned pursuing it's, you know, we have to learn to be happy in the moment. So like you're saying, you know, if you're doing what you're enjoying, then you're, you're not happy all the time, but there are moments if you stop and recognize them and enjoy them, because the idea of pursuing is just so, you know, when we stop and think about it, you know, if happiness is always what you're pursuing, then you never have it, you know, which makes sense. It's like, if you're always on the journey, then you're never enjoying. So you have to enjoy every, as cliche as it might be the, the journey, so to speak, life, every moment that you can, and you're going to have a bunch of moments that you don't enjoy because that's life. I mean, I think For it sure. helps us enjoy the better ones. Yep. Absolutely. So now you have this business and before we get into, you know, safety and I want to talk about, you know, you're a mom too. um, tell us just a little brief description for anyone out there. And we're going to do some work together, hopefully in the, in the fall, but anybody who's listening, who is at a business and they're like, Ooh, you know, you do stuff that could benefit, uh, companies, um, for internal, like a whole different variety of ways to keep employees safe. So do you want to give a little plug there of what you can bring to a company? Sure. Yeah, so we pretty much do all things workplace health and safety from trainings to sampling to incident investigations or just risk assessments. But my passion and our true bread and butter is actually developing a culture of safety in the workplace. So we do this through three tiers. We empower every single employee. So we pretty much educate and empower every employee to play a role in their health and safety. Then we strengthen leadership. So we work with leadership. And finally, we build an environment for success. We put the tools and systems in place so that everyone actually can engage and participate. So the culture of safety building is definitely um, our passion. And we do a lot of educations on that. Um, we'll go to workplace, do an education, or we could do a full partnership for two years to help you transform your company culture. Um, we also have like a leadership workshop, um, related to it. And yeah, we also, besides businesses, we do education and outreach for young adults. So high school and college students, um, we believe in training people before they actually get to the workplace. I can't tell you how many workplaces I visit to teach, um, hazard communication on all of those symbols that you find on chemical bottles. And I have 50 year old men who have no idea what they mean. And I'm like, wow, like, why are we not training kids on this? Like, you know, that's where we need to be getting people, not like when they're nearing, you know, the end of their work career. Like we need to be getting people when they're young, Um, especially kids, because they are so vulnerable and higher risk takers. Um, you know, they might be having a bonfire and be like, Hey, let's, you know, throw this chemical in there. <laughs> my neighbor and, did it a couple of years ago, but yeah. I think they were old enough to know better, but it, it rattled my windows and the fire trucks oh. were called by my other neighbor. So yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it happens all the time and they're not getting that education to think, okay, maybe we'll throw this in there. Like, let's look at this label and see, oh, wow. It's an explosion hazard or a fire hazard. We definitely don't want to throw that on there. Um, it's so simple to teach. There's nine symbols. I'm like, this can easily be integrated into health class in school. Um, you know, I, when I think back of my health class, it was like nonstop, just like drugs, alcohol, sex. And that was like it. I felt like for the entire 12 years of school was like the same topics. And I think there's just so much room um, that we can improve upon that. And we can include things like this. Wow, hazard communication. What do these symbols mean? And just start empowering our youth to understand this stuff, keep an eye out for this stuff. And it really just makes, helps them make better decisions. And 
Yeah, that's what I try to do with the general workforce even, is just mm-hmm. empower them, catch them up on things I believe we should have been trained on already, and just really empower them to start making some better decisions and calculating the risk of their activities um, because you don't always have a safety professional there, you know, and nobody wants to be policed or, you know, mothered or anything, you know, it's really about empowering them and then letting them make those decisions based on, you know, their ability to measure that risk. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I'm jealous. You actually had sex education. I went to Catholic school. We didn't, we didn't cover any of that. (laughs) I'm clueless. Still totally clueless. clueless, Right. (laughs) So it was very limited. (laughs) It was very limited. Yeah. Ours was don't do it. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) Uh, So you talked to, I mean, what you're saying makes perfect sense. I mean, with whether it's health and safety or with anything teaching young people, I mean, And yes, as I like to say too, because some people feel that they're too old to learn things and I don't agree with that either. So you have to continue learning, but to your point, it's best to get people when they're young so that, because bad habits are formed out of, you know, maybe ignorance or misinformation. And then how do you break them? That's harder to break. So it's better to give them the information. Um, Now you're, let's switch gears for a minute. Now you're okay. So you're a safety professional, but you're also a mom. So are you, how do you balance not freaking out? Like about (laughs) keeping your child safe (laughs) and your son is three. Is is he two or three? He's two. He'll be three in November. So yeah, he's a little over two and a half. So it's so funny because I'm actually going to be doing a podcast episode on this where it's like, where I call it mama bear versus safety professional. And I have to say that actually becoming a mom, I feel like has made me a better safety professional. Um, It's kind of taught me things like extreme patience, um, where you have to reiterate something a million times. So, you know, I could tell my son, hot. Well, he didn't learn that immediately. He didn't learn it from experience yet. So the next time he goes over to touch the stove, I have to be like, no, hot, ouch, boo-boo, you know? So one, it taught me patience that I'm going to have to reiterate this again and again and again. And that's okay, right? Because he needs to learn and we don't learn things from just a one time um, telling them. So yeah, it taught me patience. Um, It also taught me to simplify everything. So I try, I already am like training him, which my husband laughs all the time because I'll use words like, we went over the procedure for this, honey. And like, so he's like, oh, dear goodness. But <laughs> he's got a little manual that's like, you know, in a puppy yeah, book. <laughs> I got a mommy manual for him. <laughs> but it does, it really helped me even learn how to simplify safety. So that, and I use that now even with clients because I think when we're working with adults, we, we are so much harder on adults, right? We think, I told you that, you should understand this. Right. So we don't give them as much just lax and leeway. We think we told you once you should get it. And we also tell them probably at a level that maybe is too high of a terminology for your everyday person. You know, you kind of forget that not everyone's in this world and may not understand exactly the lingo you're using. So actually like trying to teach my son safety and having to be patient and you know, give more leeway and learn how to simplify what I'm trying to explain to him. Um, completely like kind of changed my view. Um, and I realized how many more hazards also there are always around us. So, you know, I thought I had a fantastically safe house for us to live in. And, you know, I did the whole mommy thing of looking for hazards before he arrived and nope, nowhere even close to covering them all. Like, toddlers can make anything a hazard it is unreal and he definitely keeps me like on my toes with that so I mean he'll just grab at like a soda can and slice his finger because he'll put it like in the mouthpiece and you're like ah you know and then just like so many things um just yeah it's amazing how they could turn almost anything into a hazard (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I love what you're saying though about, and I mean, I, I don't have any children, so I unfortunately have lost out on that lesson of patience. <laughs> Maybe I need to babysit for an hour or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that lesson of patience is important. Like you said, we don't give as much latitude to adults and, and even the simplification and the uh, communications, as you were saying that I was thinking of, I forget the exact movie, but I think it was Denzel Washington playing an attorney or something. And I, I think maybe it was even Philadelphia years ago that Tom Hanks was in when he said he used to say in that movie, oh, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old or something like that. Yeah. And he would say that because he went, but what, and you know, in a way you're like kind of laughing because we kind of all have this idea of like, oh, but it's true because it's like, if we don't know something, explain it to me like, like you would For a five-year-old sure. because now guess what? I'm more likely to understand what you're talking about. And I think as adults, we tend to, we're more embarrassed sometimes if we don't understand something. So we're like, oh, yes. really? And we nod our yeah. heads and we walk away going, I don't know what the hell they just said. And that's not helpful for either party, really. Nope. Right. That's <laughs> not know? getting the job done because no. like job as a safety professional is to keep them safe. But if they don't understand what you're saying, then that's not helping anybody, you know? And um, yeah, so communication is absolutely critical. And I try to really always take that um, element of like embarrassment away. So like, you know, make it more fun and be like, yeah, let's explore this together and not bring shame. Mm -hmm. Cause that is something I've also seen like in my profession that some safety professionals have done is more like the policing and kind of like that toughness. And, um, yeah, I really don't, um, you know, practice in that way. Mine is all about kind of like empowering bringing them up, including them in safety um, so that they can keep themselves safe. And then it keeps them safer outside of work too. You know, it's easy for us to put a process in place at work, but if they understand it all, then when they go home, they're taking that education with them, you know, and then they get to practice safer things at home because actually more injuries and stuff happen outside of work and at home where you're more comfortable, you know, and you don't have those same protections and things in place. So it's important that yeah, that they learn this stuff and can actually utilize, utilize it inside and outside of work. Yeah. So two things I want to follow up on there. You mentioned communications. And since that's what my background, my degree is Ooh. in June is effective communications month. So nice. I want to, you know, give an opportunity to say that to me is such a crucial, I don't care what you go into, whether it's, you know, uh, whatever field you go into science, math, whatever communications is always going to be a part of our lives, personally, mm-hmm. professionally, everything from the morning order at Dunkin' Donuts to, you know, your evening conversation with your spouse, you know, your loved one or colleagues or clients, you, you need good skills. You know, so I think that's so important um, to practice good communication, because again, isn't that like literally to me, it's where so many problems happen. And I I don't want to go off track because I want to get back to summer safety. But if you look at like the world now or the U.S., the environment, you know, the divide, so much of it is misuse of words or, you know, the repeating, the retweeting, the sharing of information that's not correct, (laughs) words that were never said, inflammatory words, uh, not asking a person, hey, what did you mean by this? And just assuming. So communication, I think, can destroy or it can, you know, build up and really solidify things. But so that's key, um, which I think is great. But also, you know, like you said, you don't want to be a disciplinarian or create shame. And it's, it's interesting, so many workplaces, how long have they had that kind of rigid structure? And what does it really benefit? Because you don't, nobody, no matter what age we're at, wants to be like yelled at or scolded or said, you've got to learn this or else, you know, you're not doing a good job. No, how are you going to get your employees really engaged and enjoying and caring about your mission and success if you don't take a human approach, you know what I mean? A kinder approach, which unfortunately, and again, this could be a whole topic, kindness is Mm -hmm. almost seen as a weakness or a vulnerability, which is unfortunate. But um, so let's, let's move on to the summer safety. And I know you, you have three tips we're going to save for the end, but anything before we get to that stuff that to talk about as far as things that people should be extra careful about or things that you yourself are watching out for now that we're spending more time outdoors or, you know, being more active in the summer. Yeah. So I always like to say that, you know, when we go over information like this, Um, it's really meant once again, to like educate, be a reminder and empower people. It's not meant to be like, don't go have fun. Don't go do anything. You know, it's just about empowering you so that while you are doing it, you have these tools and you can once again, make like some better decisions or recognize some things before they happen. Um, 
so yeah, so we definitely want to go enjoy summer. You know, summer is, especially in Northeast PA, summer is when we finally get some vitamin D, some sunshine, you know, fresh air, especially after like the pandemic, we've been so cooped up. Like you really need to get out, get that sunshine, get that air, socialize a bit, get back involved with some community events, you know, um, because that all in itself is amazing for your health and safety, right? Our mental health, we need that. We need vitamin D and friends and some fun and relaxation. Um, so for our health, it's critical. And also for your safety, because when you're healthier and feeling better, you work safer. Um, so yeah, so I like to kind of start with that. Um, but this isn't to, yeah, scare you or say like, don't go have fun, definitely have fun. Just keep these things in the back of your mind so that you can continue to have fun. So yeah, so I like to start with that. And then I was thinking, you know, maybe the, the motto of this episode could be no bummers in our summers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we want to be prepared so that we have no bummers in our summers this summer. That's, that's a great way to look at it. And you know what, right? rhyming, uh, I, a masterclass I watched, they're like rhyming works. It really does. <laughs> but truthfully, I mean, sometimes you're like, oh, it's been overdone or it's cheesy, but it helps people like remember it, you know, and yeah, it stays in their sure. head, but it, and it makes sense too, because if you do something that you might say you make a decision or a choice, that's not the safest or the healthiest, or you, you do it a couple of times and finally it bites you in the butt. And now maybe you're spending your summer in a cast or, yeah, sure. or in the hospital, God forbid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So these things, and now you're not having any fun. So like I said, you know, try to yep. avoid the bummers. So by, by being educated and by just trying to practice it. And then of course, explaining and sharing with your kids, who need those reminders <laughs> gently, yep. I guess. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess like when it comes to summertime, we'll kind of go with the biggest one, uh, the biggest ones. And first I would just say sun, right. We're outside, we're getting a lot of sunshine, which is great. We need that. Um, but ultraviolet rays are very damaging and we can't kind of forget that. So there's a lot of things that you could do so that you could still be out there getting your sunshine, but also protect yourself. Um, and there was a couple, there's a statistic about sunburn um, that was pretty crazy. So having five or more sunburns doubles your risk for melanoma, but just one blistering sunburn. So a really bad sunburn that blisters and everything in childhood or adolescence more than doubles a person's chances of developing melanoma later in life. So five general sunburns or one really bad one doubles your chances of melanoma. So this isn't something that like needs to happen all the time. Even if you get one really bad sunburn, you are greatly increasing your risk of skin cancer down the line. So it is important for us to remember and to kind of keep in mind when we are out in the sun. And um, what I really like to do is honestly, make sure that you involve shaded areas. So if you're outside and there's a shaded area, go in that shaded area when you're like standing around just talking and things like that. Just be aware of things like that. Um, wear a hat because even if you wear sunscreen, we generally don't put sunscreen on our scalp and our head and our scalp is also and our very ears, vulnerable. right? <laughs> yeah. So I always wear a hat now. Once again, it's, it's hilarious as you get older, because once again, as a kid, we didn't do any of this. And it wasn't that we weren't lectured on it. It's just like, you just don't have that real concern for it. You don't see it at the risk level that it truly is. It kind of mm -hmm. just seems like, ah, yeah, sunscreen mom, you know? Well, I'm um, back in the seventies. Like I was born in 71. Like th there were people like putting like butter on themselves and oiling up and, and putting yeah. like lemon in their hair, you know, and frying yeah. it. And I mean, so, and again, now props to my mom and dad, they're great parents, but it was different. It didn't, the level of awareness and information sure. I had gotten when we went to Wildwood for our family trip, I had horrible sunburns because I have fair skin. I had blisters. Uh, yeah. And I remember those horrible times at night in the hotel when the air conditioning would be on and I would have the yeah. chills and feel horrible. And again, 
again, it's not my parents' fault. They probably did their best at the time, but I mean, there wasn't as much information and I have fair skin and I got yep. sunburned. So I yep. mean, and now of course I have, you know, I call them sunspots. My, my, uh, 30 year old, uh, uh, dermatologist is like, oh, they're age spots. I'm like, shut up, bitch. But no, they're, they're, they're age sunspots because the more time I spend out in the sun, they pop up like gremlins. And, uh, yep. so they're not pretty. So anyway, yeah, co- cover yourself. Uh, I call them all beauty spots. <laughs> yes. They're beautiful. Well, that, that's it. My son likes to point out like moles on my body or like marks and he'll be like, mole, like in front of everyone will literally be holding them like at a party. And he's like, Mole, and I'm like, oh my goodness, honey, yeah, beauty spot. That's the Austin Powers. If anyone's seen that one, mole, mole. Well, that's it. I'm gonna have to show him it when it gets bigger, and then it'll be molly, molly, molly. But yeah, I mean, you know, we are susceptible to these things. I call them beauty marks, you know, to give us character. But um, it is. It's important to cover up. Wear a hat. This is honestly something I've just been doing honestly, since becoming a mom. And I guess maybe being more aware of this stuff for him, um, I always wear a hat outside now. Um, but once again, it doesn't protect your ears or the back of your neck, unless you wear one of those really nice brim hats, which I make my son wear. (laughs) But, um, yeah, wear a hat, wear some sunscreen, especially if you're going to be out in the sun all day. So if you're going to be in the pool all day at the beach, at an amusement park, definitely load on the sunscreen. You're going to have to reapply it every few hours or after you get out of a pool. Um, but I really like to promote the shade, maybe a, a really lightweight, long sleeve shirt to cover your body, um, sunglasses, hat. So those are really good practices. And in health and safety, there is never a silver bullet. If anyone ever sells you a silver bullet, um, probably run because there's just never a silver bullet. We know this even with like diet and exercise, you know, you can't just, you know, take one pill and you're going to have a six pack and maybe they're still working to develop that. But as of right now, a lot of health and safety, it's really layered, multiple layers, multifaceted. So even with everything I talk about today, there's going to be multiple layers. So yeah, wear the hat, stand in shade. If you're just standing around, no need to just stand right out in the sun um, wear the sunscreen if you're going to really be exposed outdoors and yeah, just kind of take it serious and remember that it truly is a hazard. Um, ultraviolet is a type of radiation and it's a known carcinogen because it damages your skin cells. So you want to keep it in moderation and protect yourself the best you can while having fun. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, I, I say about getting burned as a kid and, you know, as we're talking about this, I still uh, shame on me and I just have to get in the practice when I go for a run. Now I lately, I've been doing much shorter runs than I had in years past, but I don't put on sunscreen and I really need to be, uh, anytime you're outdoors, like you're saying, you need to put on the sunscreen this morning. It was nice. I went for a run uh, locally. There's a business that has a huge parking lot and one, one loop around is like a little more than half a mile and it's safe. You're not dodging cars. And when I got under the tree in the one section, and there was a couple of trees and I'm like, oh, that feels so nice to shade, but yeah. I didn't wear sunscreen and I have to, no wonder, then I look and go, no wonder you've got 75 million new spots <laughs> on your arm. And, and, but, and I, I joke about those cause that's humor. That's my way, but it's not healthy too. I know I'm, I'm damaging my skin. Uh, is there, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, is there, are there ways to reverse that damage? So I'm not really sure of anything I've seen like truly scientific, like research now, you know, having a healthy diet with lots of antioxidants, um, is always really good for repairing inflammation and damage. Um, so I think indirectly that would definitely help is like having a healthy diet with lots of fruits and veggies. Um, and I use coconut oil for like everything. Coconut oil for some reason is like the only thing that has helped me with so many, um, skin, like dry skin and everything. It's like the only thing that really works for me. So I use that all the time. Now does it reverse actual damage? Not that I know of, but, yeah. um, you know, it's still good practice to hydrate your skin and everything and give it the vitamin E that our skin that helps our skin. So yeah, we'll have to look into if there's any actual like scientific data to support reversal. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling once the damage is done, it's done. I mean, I know it's important. Like I drink a ton of water. So my skin actually surprisingly feels really soft, but I mean, 
I have, I do have sun damage. I mean, I, but I'm not a sun worshiper through the years. I'm not someone like some of my friends were completely content on vacation to spend the entire day at the beach or the pool. I would get bored. Like, I just don't enjoy that myself. Uh, So I would try not to get as much sun. So I haven't done as much damage, I suppose, as I could have. So yay for me there. But, (laughs) but I love the coconut oil though, that you mentioned, because I will, I will cook with it. And then I love, like, if there's a little left, you know, rather than obviously like rinse it off, I just put it on my hand and I'm like, Ooh, I love coconut oil. It's so nice. Yep. Yep. That's another one that like not until much later in life you discover it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Yep. So um, so as we we are kind of closing in on the the end of the the time we have together. So why don't you? I'm gonna let you talk. I'm not gonna interrupt and give us uh, a few more of your the info that you had prepared. Okay. So besides the sun, which is an obvious one as well, is heat, just heat in general. Um, people really underestimate heat and getting overheated and heat illnesses. Um, But it is actually one of the deadliest weather-related illnesses that you can get is um, heat stroke and heat-related illnesses. So it's really important to remember, and some of the best things you can do with that is stay hydrated and make sure some people will drink lots and lots and lots of water and they'll still experience um, heat-related illnesses because you also need electrolytes. And sometimes drinking excessive water can actually flush out even more of those electrolytes. So a really good thing, especially if you know you're going to be active outdoors and it is really hot out, go get some coconut water. Coconut water is a really great, um, yeah, uh, drink to get your electrolytes. Um, But there's other things too. You could use watermelon uh, juice is actually really great for electrolytes and replenishing that. So it's weird. We drink a lot. We eat a lot of watermelon in the summer and that's actually really good. So keep that up, you know, make that a nice summertime snack. Um, but also making smoothies and things that all helps replenish, um, those electrolytes. Or another good thing is to buy like a box of those individual packets of electrolytes that you could add to your water. Those are really great to just keep on hand. So if you're going to go to the amusement park, maybe bring a couple of those, you know, put it in your water with the kids to ensure they're staying hydrated and have those electrolytes, which help protect them. Um, because as I said, heat stroke is actually deadly. Um, and what happens with heat stroke is your body gets so overwhelmed. It can, it can no longer cool you down. So you actually stop sweating and your body temperature, like within 10, 15 minutes can skyrocket and you could go actually unconscious and it's a life-threatening emergency. So you would want to call some 911 and you would want to cool that person as best you can immediately. So get them into shade, get ice water poured all over them, just cool their body down because they're no longer doing that. Um, but there's lesser degrees of health illnesses as well, um, such as just heat exhaustion and heat rashes. Um, but also with that, you might just feel dizzy, faint, you need to get into shade, you need to hydrate ice, cool, cold cloth on you, um, whatever you can do to bring your body temperature down. So recognizing that. And that's kind of what this whole talk about just empowerment is. I can't be there to say, Hey, you know, you haven't drank in a while. It's really hot. Like you need to start considering these things beforehand and just say, okay, we're in a heat advisory, especially if you're in a heat advisory, make note of that. Don't plan an all day thing during a heat advisory. Um, it's really important that you get inside air conditioning is actually the biggest, um, reducer of heat illness. Um, so if there's a heat advisory and you have elderly neighbors, check on them, people 65 and older are the most vulnerable as well as four and under. So during heat advisories, look out for each other. Um, if people don't have air conditioning elderly, um, you know, maybe you can invite them over or they could go to a public place during that time. Um, but yeah, also keeping an eye out for each other. So that's kind of heat. Um, the other thing is water safety, obviously summertime, you know, you're going to be in the water. Um, another thing that people greatly underestimate, um, the hazards of what you want to do if you're ever in any open body of water, natural body of water, always wear a life jacket. And it doesn't matter if you're a good swimmer, you should still wear a life jacket. If you're going to be on a lake out in the ocean, um, a river, because they're natural bodies of water that are unpredictable and you don't know where there's undertoes or how deep it gets or the fluctuations that occur. So even if you are a great swimmer, 
wear a life jacket. There's a lot of cooler looker ones like on the market now. Um, I know that doesn't feel cool when you're out there wearing one, but um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's great practice. Um, and it really could save a life. Yeah. So have that on. If you're not a good swimmer, I think, you know, the summer is a perfect time to learn to swim. I think absolutely every single person should be learning to swim and to float. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Let me ask you here. And I don't know if you know this or what your opinion is on it. I know one of the things that happens and it can be deadly for more than one, but like if one person is drowning and they, or they, they didn't know how to swim or they're not a great swimmer. And then a lot of times you'll see someone else might try to help them, but then they end up drowning or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What is recommended if you see someone like, obviously if it's a child, you're going to jump in, let's say a pool and you're going to pull them out, but let's say it's an adult in, you know, who fell out of a boat or they don't know how to swim and they're in a lake or they're in a river or something. What's the recommended way like to, to give them like a branch or something that they can grab uh, because you don't want them pulling you down as well. Yeah. The recommended thing is always to use something to save them. So if you have, like you said, like a branch and, or you want to stick that out and let them grab that. It's like a reach or a throw of something that they can utilize. Um, unfortunately, you're absolutely correct with that. Uh, it's natural instinct that, you know, if somebody's drowning, you know how to swim, like you're going to go out and help them. Um, but that a lot of times doesn't end well, because if they're panicking, they can pull you under. If it was an undercurrent, it's now going to swipe both of you up. Um, sometimes you see like at the beach, people form like a human chain, um, that's dangerous, but still way better than one person going out there. Um, you actually all work together, form this chain and try to still be grounded. Um, so yeah, practices like that, reaching, throwing something to them. Um, once again, like a pool, that's a controlled environment. Yeah. You can absolutely jump in there, save people. Um, but one thing to always kind of try to stress to people that, maybe you are drowning or struggling is it's so important to try to stay calm. And I mean, that's incredibly difficult, right? You're freaking out, you're scared, something's pulling you under, but they even say like, if you're in a river and you know, you're being pulled along with the, with the current that you actually should try to relax and float with it. And what you can also do is you could swim with the current and try to swim like at an angle. So you slowly get over to the um, shore Mm. because what a lot of people do is they'll try to actually like fight it or fight to the side and you're um, using all of this energy. And then that just kind of makes you weaker um, and even more vulnerable. So you kind of want to just try to relax, float with it because especially on rivers and stuff, the current changes. So you'll eventually maybe hit this point where it kind of balances out, slows down, you have more control. So you could kind of float it out or swim with the current angled towards the shore. Yeah, and that's similar, I think, to the advice uh, you hear with the car, when a car is out of control, like with snow, uh, let's say on snow, right? That you're not supposed to fight, like go with where it's taking the car kind of thing as opposed to fighting it. I think that's kind of what they say. So it's a similar concept. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, so just like little things like that can really make a difference. Um, always wearing the light jacket with kids never underestimate like the possibility of a child drowning because it happens so quick. So if your child can't reach the bottom of the pool, um, put them in a life jacket unless they are extremely like strong swimmer and there's other people around. But if there's like any doubt of if they could swim yet, still keep them in that life jacket, unless you're going to be in there with them. But if you're not going to have eyes directly on them, then keep them in that. Um, if you're not going to have them in it, then you have to keep eyes on them at all times. Um, they also recommend for children to put them in like bright colored bathing suits. And there's actually like guides because certain bathing suits, um, you could see underwater way better. So you can mm. keep an eye on them better. Um, some bathing suits just blend and you wouldn't notice them as easily. Um, so even a lifeguard, if you're at like the ocean or lake and go under certain colors, stand out better, keep better visual on them. Wow. That, um, now that's something I would never have thought of. That's a great, tip, I never it's something of, easy right? to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it until once again, becoming a mom and then joining these mom groups and just seeing these little tips and stuff. So yeah, my son's got this obnoxious orange <laughs> bathing suit and he's got his brim hat and I'm just like, he's styling. This, I like this kid. The sunscreen <laughs> on the face. I'm like, Oh, poor honey. But like, 
you know, I just keep out your eyes out for all these little things and you're just trying to literally do the best you can do. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to experience that. Like I can't even imagine the fear that goes along with that. Um, so if I could avoid experiencing that, I'm going to try to make sure I consider that stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we need to be watching for obviously sun cover up sunscreen, uh, all that stuff. And, and you mentioned like hat and glasses, but a lot of times we even un- underestimate our eyes. I'm always yelling at my, my mom, who's, you know, like 77, like, you know, she's had cataract surgery before, which I guess just comes with, you know, as you get older, but we, we underestimate the power of like how it can damage our eyes as well. Yeah. Cause our, our eyes need to be protected. And I mean, I say that and I have like cheap sunglasses, <laughs> so I should probably get good ones because we do need to block those rays from harming our eyes as well. Yeah. So it's so like interesting because um, like you want to get a little bit of light, you know, like because then there's actually the other end of the spectrum. If you don't get enough light, um, you know, that's not healthy either. So a little bit of light even in your eyes. But yeah. So if you're going out in the morning to the car, you don't need to wear sunglasses. But if you're going to be out all day swimming, grilling, partying, yes, wear sunglasses. And that's where kind of the whole dose makes the poison idea comes into play. Um, you know, and that's what you need to assess. Am I going to be outside, you know, for 20 minutes, you know, cleaning up some things. Okay. Maybe, you know, I'll wear a hat and I won't worry about, you know, some sunscreen or sunglasses, but if you're going to be out there all day, hanging out, having people over, then yes, you're going to have a huge exposure. You really want to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So consider timeframes and all that and what you're doing, the activity. Yeah. So we've got the sun, you got to watch out for the heat and, you know, you made a great point watching out for your neighbors um, because you said as they, they're the most vulnerable and little children um, and, uh, and the water and water safety. And those are really the three, like the main things that we'll be doing, right. If we're spending any time outside, usually it's a lot of times it's around water, the sun, yes. if it's out, we can't hide from it. Right. And yep. then the heat, if it's a hot now, I personally, I know I, I you know, I, I always laugh when I read on Facebook, you know, it's not hot enough for some people, but I'm not a fan of hot weather. So oh, no. I've been loving these days, like in the seventies, I do not like when it gets to 90 and stuff. Like I'm just not a fan because it's not fun. And, you know, now that I, I hit 52, it's like hormones are going crazy. They've taken over the body, but it's like oh, yeah. if, when you're pouring sweat, just trying to get dressed to go out somewhere, it's like, son of a, like, it's not fun and you get in the car and I'm like, well, I'm a sweaty, hot mess. This has been fun. <laughs> yep. Losing all those electrolytes. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that heat that much. Really not a big fan. I know my mom is like the same way. She, if she can move to Alaska, we'd move in, be moving to Alaska. She'll, I'm like, I enjoy it. I still right now. I enjoy the summer. I enjoy all the seasons. I love, I love our area. You know, oh yeah. I love, the fall, I love the winter. I love the summer. And I think it's just great to have the change, you know, and get to enjoy each. Absolutely. We are fortunate. I, I think I love the fall the most. And I actually don't mind winter. I mean, I'm cause I prefer to like be active. Like I go yeah. for a run or even a hike in cooler temperatures. Yeah. That's just what I like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind, but it, when it gets, you know, when it gets above 80, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. It's getting too hot. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little too hot for me. And again, that came probably more with age too. So, um, and so in closing, um, anything else that you would want to, I know I want to be able to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find you, but anything else before you do that, that you wanted to mention? Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with three tips, my top three safety tips for the summer. And, you know, unfortunately we can't go through all hazards of summertime because there are a lot, you know, um, other things to just be careful of quickly would be fire safety, firework safety. Um, never pour gasoline on a fire. I kind of want to just put that out there because in our area, I read these stories constantly and it just like breaks my heart. And that plays into like the whole education thing. Um, with gasoline, the vapors catch fire. So if you're going to pour gas on an active fire or even hot embers, those vapors are going to ignite way before the gasoline even touches it. So it's going to follow, the fire is going to follow that right up to the gas can or cup and blow up. Um, and you know, it's a very severe injury or life threatening injury. So definitely be careful with fires. Even if you pour the gasoline on before you light it, the vapors start to float above the fire. So when you light it, it could still kind of blow out at you. So just be very careful with that this summer, especially, you know, young adults love to do that stuff. Um, I get it. I love bonfires. 
just be careful and understand that. Um, also, you know, ticks, bugs, mosquitoes, bees, um, we gotta be really careful about those in the summertime. They're worse than ever. Um, I don't know, growing up, I lived in the woods, never had a tick. Now I can't go in the, in the woods without finding a tick on me or mm. my dog. It's, I don't, it just, they blew up with increase with the temperatures, the increased moisture. Um, so always check yourself, um, and monitor that you, your pets, your kids everywhere. And are they easy to spot? You know, I, I joke because I have so many spots on me that I wouldn't know because I'd be like, wait, did that move? Um, but I mean, seriously, I do, I have never really found one and I'm like, geez, am I just missing them? But like, you can spot them if you look closely, right? Yeah. Yep. So you just have to, you do, you just have to look closely. And honestly, sometimes you need a partner to like check your back, your neck. Um, I always have the, this fear with my scalp because I found them on my nephew's scalp. I found them on people's scalp before. Mm. Well, like my hair is dark. I'm like, you'd have to really look to like find them on my head. So like, that's the only place I'm always like leery if I uh, could have them, but yeah, no, you should always when you come in, take your clothes off check everything. You could throw your clothes in the dryer to kill in case there's anything on your clothes. Um, let it run for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just like it would kill off anything that was on there. Um, but yeah, check yourself because they do, they carry a lot of diseases. And unfortunately, sometimes diagnosing those diseases um, goes missed. Hmm. So also, if you ever have um, any symptoms of Lyme disease, get tested multiple times because even the um, you could get a false negative. The, the rate is higher than it should be. So if you have symptoms similar to something like Lyme disease, even if you don't remember being bit by a tick, get tested a couple times to ensure um, you could really rule that out. But yeah, it's a big thing in our area. Yeah. And a lot of people are, we're outdoorsy, you know, in Northeast PA. So got to watch for these things, but yeah. I'll finish up with the three tips because we could talk safety all day. I was going to say there's, <laughs> and I mean, again, not to be down or, oh my God, there's so many hazards out there, but there, I mean, it's just life. There are things that we uh, need yeah. to be aware of yep. and there is a lot to cover. And, um, and honestly, you know, if you, uh, if you follow Tammy and reach out to her I, and, you know, you could learn more yourself and there are some really great, uh, obviously know your resources. There's really great, anything that's tied to a college that where there's research, education, Penn state, Harvard, uh, any of those, if you Google, you can read articles as well. But, um, like I said, yeah, we could be talking about this all day, but but, uh, to wrap up back to you, Tammy. <laughs> okay. So my three tips that I'm going to leave you off with, um, for summer safety, let me pull them out. No bummers this summers. Um, our first tip is to carry an emergency bag. So I actually started doing this. I don't know, like maybe five, 10 years ago. My husband kind of started getting into like emergency prepping a little bit, but I honestly recommend everybody carry just this small bag. You could get a makeup bag, it could be a toiletry bag, whatnot, um, and just put everything you might need in the summer in there and then take it with you on any adventure, put it in the car just to have, because, you know, we went out and I had a tick on me the one time and we didn't have anything, like we didn't have tweezers, we didn't have anything to take it off. And I'm just like burn it, burn it off. And you know, my husband's like, no, no, that's not ticks. That's like leeches. But <laughs> I'm like, well, if we don't have anything else, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> but really, you know, you kind of feel a little bit desperate in that moment if you don't have the right tools and we were camping. So I'm like, oh, we're going to have to like drive far to like get something. So save yourself the panic and the discomfort and create a little go bag for summer safety and include things like tweezers in case you get a tick so you could address it immediately because removing the tick the time you remove it um the sooner you remove it the better you, you are for your chances of actually getting a disease from it so time is of importance so tweezers have some uh basic medications benadryl have some of those electrolyte packets a little thing of sunscreen like the little ones you could get um at, you know walmart or wherever just as an emergency one um some band-aids and just a basic like first aid summer kit, you know, and then you have it together so you could easily bring it with you on any adventure. Um, another good thing to put in there is uh, extra battery charger for your phone. So charge it up, put it in there um, with the cord because if you ever are out, something happens and your phone is dying, you have that backup. 
So having a little emergency kit is always a great thing to have. Um, the next safety tip is to bring a reusable water bottle with you everywhere. Mm. Just get in the habit of bringing water with you everywhere. And you don't have to only drink water out of it. You can add other things to it, your electrolyte mix or whatever you want, but just get in the habit of carrying it around with you. And that's good practice no matter what time of the year, but staying hydrated, especially in the summer, so critical. Um, so just have it, you know, and it's good for our health. Um, so it's great practice to just start doing. So, you know, splurge, get yourself a new bottle, find one <laughs> in your cabinet, bring it on out and try to make it a ha- a healthy habit. Yeah. And recently when I was, I went to visit my friend in North Carolina and since I don't love driving, I flew because it would have been like an eight or nine hour drive. I flew and I was in, I forget if it was the Atlanta airport or Detroit where they were showing the idea of bringing a reusable Mm. bottle, because Mm -hmm. obviously if you are going through security and you've bought a bottle of water that you can't take it through, um, like obviously when you get to the other side, you could buy water, but I mean, save on bottles. So you just bring your empty bottle. And then they did have a couple places throughout the airport that you could fill up your water bottle. So that's, that is great advice to have it with you all the time. Yeah. I, you will never see me without a container. Um, so yeah, just get in the habit, having it with you. Um, and then the last thing is planning. So before you do anything, whether it's even just a local trip, anything, even if you're going to have just a cool day with a bunch of friends and family, just take like five minutes to like sit aside quietly and actually think about it and just make sure that safety is a consideration of that planning and thinking. Um, because the best thing you can do when it comes to health and safety is like, prevention, you know, so thinking about it beforehand, taking a minute. Okay. We're going to the beach today. We're going to be there all day. This is the stuff I need. What safety things should I consider prepare for just in case, you know, sunscreen hats, this, this, write it all out. Just take a few minutes to plan and think about it because just giving yourself those few minutes, um, can make the whole difference. And it can make, you know, a trip that turns into a nightmare into one that is great, you know, And I think it's just important for us to stop ourselves sometimes and just like take a breath and let ourselves have a few minutes, literally just to think through everything. So those are my tips. Have an emergency little bag to go, carry your water bottle and just take some time to really think about and plan any little adventures you're doing this summer. Yeah. And that's great advice. I mean, we, we tend to be running around all the time and it's like, what's the rush and what's the, you know, I mean, that's just the pace we have. So that's, that's good practice anytime to just like, okay, let's stop for a minute. Instead of being running around, like, do you have this? Do you have the keys? Do you have this? Like, stop. I mean, uh, like really just stop, take a few minutes. And then that way you're going to have a better time because you're less likely to forget something. Uh, You're less likely to forget something involved with safety so that you can have a healthy day and no bummers in the summer. That's right. right. That's right. (laughs) See, it's sticking already. Yeah. I'm going to be saying it all day. (laughs) So no kids on top of those roofs. No bummers this summer. (laughs) No bummers this summer. I'll knock them off. No, I'm kidding. Oh my God. Never. Um, I kid. I kid. So I want to thank you so much. Tammy and okay, Tammy, you know, it's been a while since I said your name, Ms. Sevich, right? That's right. Ms. Sevich Healy. Tammy, I'm going to see Tammy. Tammy Ms. Sevich Healy of my EHS Alliance. Um, so Tammy is a safety expert. If you're interested in, in learning more about her, where can they find out about you, especially in a corporate manufacturing, any kind of company that needs some kind of training or safety? You're all about that. Where should they look you up? Yeah. So you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn and my name on LinkedIn is Tamara is like my legal name, Miss Savage Healy. And I'm pretty confident. I am the only Tamara Miss Savage Healy in the world. So you should be able to find me on LinkedIn. Um, but you could also go to my website. It's M I E H S Alliance.com. Um, and you can find more information about our services and stuff there. And I also have a podcast called My MI Health and Safety. So you can definitely check that out. Um, We're going to have more and more discussions. It's really geared towards, it's supposed to be geared towards everyone and anyone, not only designed for safety professionals. Right. Um, So it's a great place to kind of listen and more, have these conversations. Um, 
yeah. And then, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I love to connect, provide you with some resources. Um, if you're a business, I could definitely come out and help you do different trainings, whatever you need. So yeah, I'm out there and I'd love to connect. That's awesome. And yeah, I've listened to a couple of episodes. So yeah, it's not just, uh, obviously Tammy's podcast is not just for, um, you know, HR folks or wellness folks or safety folks. It's for anyone. I was listening to one about, you know, the dark side of self-actualization, I think. And then you were like ranking different risks. And it's, it's interesting because we don't, necessarily just because you hear the word sometimes words turn us off or sometimes words we have a misunderstanding of them so give it a chance listen and you know it relates to all of us we're human so we go through very similar experiences every day um and you know along the lines we i said june is communications month i struggle uh, with that for years with my business laugh to live with laughter yoga. And, uh, recently I had the good fortune of being on WNEP and I was thrilled with how Elizabeth Worthington handled it because when people hear laughter yoga, they tend to go, Oh, yoga. Yeah. I, my daughter does that. Or my cousin instructs that. And they think of the tree pose downward dog and a yoga mat, which is all super healthy and wonderful, but it's not what I do. And sometimes it, it can be, well, sometimes people want the traditional yoga and aren't interested in what I do, but other people might want it think, oh, well, I don't know how to, I can't reach my toes or I don't want to, you know, be all that twisty pretzel stuff. And it's like, no, no, it's, it's yoga in the sense of connecting mind, body, spirit, the breath, breathing in and out, laughing, clapping real easy stuff. So words sometimes trip us up. So I guess my advice would be take time to just learn something new. Listen, so check out Tammy's podcast, check out her website and reach out to her with questions. Cause the best way, as we said before, with communication, ask questions, right? That's Find right. out the answers from the people who know and who, who have the knowledge and the experience to tell you about it. That's right. Thank you. So thank you so much, Tammy. I appreciate your time. This has been fun. And uh, actually I am going to be on Tammy's podcast coming up soon. So I will give, of course, shout outs um, when I am doing that, because we're going to be talking about uh, laughter. Laughter is good for health and wellness. And of course that can help us to be safe too, because stress is a major bummer, whether it's the summer or any <laughs> other time, stress causes all kinds of illness and it does kind of lead up to uh, uh, costs for um, companies as well when their employees are stressed. So we're going to be talking about laughter on Tammy's podcast. So I do look forward to that. But in closing, I just wanted to say thank you again to Tammy. And I hope everyone does have a safe summer. Uh, I hope you will continue to listen. Um, I plan on having some pretty hot stuff coming up in July, talking to some gals in Scranton who own a pole dance studio. Uh, and my friend, um, Tina Gallagher has a new hot book series coming out that does happen to be about uh, featuring pe a person from a pole dance studio who owns one. So it'll be a hot July when I have those folks on, but thank you so much. I like to say, as always for listening, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.